0: Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. This is Reed. I'm Michelle Martin. Today in conversation with Jung Chang best-selling author of Wild Swans, her family biography, Mao, The Unknown Story, and my personal favorite, Empress Dowager Shi the concubine who launched modern China. Her books have been translated into over 40 languages. Her latest launched this month is Big Sister, Little Sister, Red Sister, a story of love, war, intrigue, glamour, and Betrayal, a book that takes us on a sweeping journey from Canton to Hawaii to New York, from exile quarters in Japan and Berlin to secret meeting rooms in Moscow. It is a group biography of the Sung sisters who helped shape 20th century China. This is a fairy tale story, so it's very well-known. By people who grew up in China and probably around the world of Chinese descent. So, why yeah. did you think that this story was important to write about now? I wasn't interested in them
1: when they were fairy tale figures. That's precisely why I resisted writing about them. When be the, my biography of the Empress Dowager Cixi finished, um, published in 2013, uh, when I was uh, thinking about another subject. And I ruled out writing about the three sisters because they weren't real to me. They were very well known. I mean, somehow they married famous husbands. And, you know, I couldn't feel they were real people. So I didn't write about them. And instead, I chose to write about Sun Yatian. Sun Yatian was my subject after the Empress Dowager. because, you know, I was puzzled how China came from the time of the Empress Dowager, which was, you know, modernity. And when she died in 1908, she had committed herself to building a constitutional monarchy with an elected parliament. And China was extraordinarily free and open and so on. And then yet four decades later, Mao seized the power and closed off China and uh, thrown China into this totalitarian abyss. And what happened in these four decades, which led to this change? Mm -hmm. It's puzzled. And Sun Yat-sen was the most important man responsible for this development in these four decades. So I wanted to write about Sun Yixian. And also Sun Yixian was a program setter who made policies that affected the shape of Chinese history. And so he was like Mao and Empress Dowager Tzixi. So I wanted to write about him. But after I've done a lot of research, I got a bit bored with Tsing <laughs> because he was another those, of these political animals who were completely single-mindedly pursuing one thing, that is his power. But during the research, I discovered that his wife, and her sisters were far more interesting characters they became real people to me real people meaning you know they had their emotions and they were passionately in love they were let down they went through ups and downs in their marriage and you know maybe wanted to leave her husband but eventually joined him in taiwan for whatever, you know, X, Y reasons, as I discovered, I found them very interesting. And so I changed halfway Mm -hmm. and made them the the main characters. And Sun Yat-sen is still important, but he is very much a secondary character now in my book.
0: So Sun Yat-sen courted two sisters, Yiling and Qingling, and he married Qingling eventually. Mei-ling would marry Chiang Kai-shek. How is it that the sisters remain close, even though there was a time when they were politically in different camps? Well, that's one thing that intrigued
1: me, and that made them very interesting, because they were not just believers in different ideologies. They were positively fighting, you know, each other. They were positively, you know, the Mei Chinling, for example, devoted herself in destroying the lives of her sisters, you know, in effect. And so it is very interesting how they personally remained close. I mean, I think the readers, but this is a very complex emotional issue. So I think the readers, might have their own explanations reading this book. I mean, what I can say is I noticed a few things. Mm. And one is that their family was extraordinarily tolerant of different views from behaviors of the children. I think Maylin wrote about that when she returned from America to Shanghai, how their parents accepted her as she was, and um, she was completely uninhabited with them. And then I think the second thing is they had such fierce devotions to their family, fierce devotions to the siblings. Another thing is Politically, they also needed each other, even for their own ideology. I mean, when Ling was fiercely against Chiang Kai-shek, Chiang Kai-shek contemplated bumping her off, you know, even rehearsed a car accident. But ultimately, he didn't do it because of his wife, the objections of his wife and the big sister, I think. So, in a way, Qingling needed her sisters to protect her. Mm. So I think that's from her point of view. And the other two sisters, I think, had a perhaps stronger affection for Qingling than vice versa. But the other two sisters, also because, you know, Sun Yat-sen is somebody Chiang Kai-shek claimed legitimacy from. And so it was some political calculations. I'm no doubt at the back of their minds, but their devotion to each other, the emotional attachment to each other was, I think, the most important
0: thing. Let's switch gears from the sisters to you, Jung Chang. Mm. If I'm not wrong, <laughs> yes. your first two books took 20 years of your life each, mm. Wild Swans and Empress Dowager Shih What did this book take in terms of, you know, a toll on your life or what did it take from you? Actually, of my previous
1: three books, Wild Swans took only two years. Oh. It was extraordinarily easy to write, I guess, because that was my own life story and my mother, and my grandmother. And um, I also, I've been writing part of that story in my head when I was in China, you know, when I was there, when I loved writing, but I couldn't. Put pen to paper because of the political persecutions of writers. But you know, when I was a peasant working in the fields, when I was an electrician checking electricity supplies on top of the pole, and on top of the, what, the poles, yeah. and I was always writing in my head with an imaginary pen, and a lot of that later went into wild swans. So it was an an actually painless (laughs) two-year venture. But with uh, my next book, A Biography of Mao, it took me 12 years with my husband. And we did a lot of very difficult research, but absolutely riveting. And that was with Mao. And with Empress Dowdietzhi, it took six years. And so this book took five years and among the biographies of Mao compared to Mao and the Empress Dowager it took the shortest time and partly because some of the research had already been done because their lives overlap mm-hmm. with Mao's and the Empress Dowager's mm-hmm. and also their archives are mainly in America and as they all they were all educated in America and in Taiwan uh, which has opened its archives, and, and some in London, and even in China, some letters letters have been published um, in the past years. So it was the easiest to research and took the shortest time—five years.
0: And yet, this is a group biography, telling three stories. It's a, you know quite a complex endeavor. What were the biggest challenges for you in telling their stories? Okay. <laughs> So, well, you see, I only fully realized
1: what I'd taken on um, <laughs> in the middle of the writing. Um, because not only were there three sisters, but there were two major men, yeah. I mean, Sun Yat-sen and Chiang Kai-shek. And um, in a way, I was, always, I, I was also writing a biography of them. Yeah. So this group biography, and I think if I may say about myself as I realized. I think I'm sort of my strong points. And one is research, because I love research. I love working in the archives. I love solving puzzles. Um, So I have a lot of adrenaline doing this. And I think I'm also strong at structuring a complex story. Mm -hmm. So it, it sort of came to me quite naturally. And you know whose stories I should be telling, and how how they are interwoven and linked. So all that seemed to be daunting, and that happens to be my uh, strength. So I think it's it's actually it became really relatively
0: easily <laughs> for me. I asked Jung Chang if her books were still banned in China. Totally banned. And if she hoped to see that ban on her books ever lifted in her lifetime. You know, I don't know. I mean, so much
1: depends on what's happening or even today, you know, now. You know, the only thing is I don't know. You know, having studied history, I know so many things depend on seeming accidents. Yes. Um, for example, Sun Yatian, um became the father of China because he was the first to advocate republicanism. And he picked up the idea of republicanism in Hawaii, where he was at the time when Hawaii became a republic. So everybody was talking about the republic Um, And he suddenly got this idea, you know, China, after the Manchu dynasty falls, could become a republic. And that made him the father of China. Mm. And and then because of his personal ambitions and his characters, he brought in Soviet communism, which ultimately led to Mao's rule and which ultimately made China still um, a sort of a communist country, even today. And I look at the people around him, other Republicans. They would have discovered republicanism sooner or later. And any one of them in power, the future, then, if we looked on the future at the time, of the course. let well, let's say, the, the cause. Of China's development would have been different. And so much hinged on this one individual. So, and also the same with Mao, any of his colleagues in power, we would not have had the famine, you know, tens of millions of deaths, the Cultural Revolution, and, a tot- you know, the total um, horrendous experience for all Chinese. I dare say and yet you know Mao came up on top so I don't know the mm-hmm. current power power structure you know the power struggle if I may if you may say mm-hmm. um, and the whole what's going on basically I don't know what's going on in Beijing. I haven't researched it. It's impossible to tell as it's still going on. So I really don't know. But of course, I hope so. I hope, meaning I hope my books will be read one one day in China.
0: That's Jung Chang, author of Big Sister, Little Sister, Red Sister, Three Women at the Heart of 20th Century China. Great new biography to pick up by the author of Wild Swans, What a privilege it was chatting with her. I'm Michelle Martin. Keep reading with me here on MoneyFM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.